Welcome to the Quorum Deo Podcast. At Quorum Deo Baptist Church, we seek to live in the presence of God, under the authority of God, and to the glory of God alone. We pray that through this podcast, you get to hear not only what God has done here at Corndale Baptist Church, but also what He continues to do and what we prayerfully ask Him to do in the days to come. If you would like to find out more about Corndale Baptist Church, then please visit us online at www.corndalegp.com. All right, guys, we are back with the Quorum Deo podcast after a good delay there. We'll just say it was the... It was um, a good delay. It's all crazy. It always yeah. is, though. Yeah, that's true. And it's been busy, but pretty awesome. I mean, we're um, two months you now. You have been pretty months. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> two months into the Redeeming Grace Bible Church plant and uh, just so blessed being commissioned by Coram Deo and just getting to be involved even with the, uh, had the Alpine meeting there with Phil Newton a few weekends ago. So just a very encouraging time um, for me personally and uh, I know for the congregation here that you guys commissioned off and uh, just have blessed in that way. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I I know that uh all for for you guys at Cormdale and, and us here and many others uh, around us it seems have been wrestling with this whole issue of reformed theology, of Calvinism, um, what is it, you know, where does it come from, all this kind of stuff and right. and so uh I thought we could just maybe throw out a few maybe common questions that people have or even uh, just misconceptions that are often presented about these doctrines and interact a bit with with those. Yeah, so, that's a great idea, especially with all the things that, you know, um, well, I guess all of us have been through uh, to some yeah. degree when, when you decide to um, you know, believe certain things and especially when you change what you believe yeah. Um, the questions are going to come, and you have to be able to articulate that. And I don't know how well we'll do <laughs> in articulating yeah. that, but we've had a lot of time to think through those issues. Mm. And, um, yeah, yeah, so I, I think that would be a good thing to to think through together, and hopefully it'll be helpful for others. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the, the idea is not to – to stir the pot necessarily, but hopefully offer some clarity and uh, just, you know, helping people understand where we're at personally and, and even, you know, I think that the church in large throughout history has affirmed many of these doctrines and, and just help people understand that there's not some, you know, new teaching in that sense. It's not some rogue theology that is only affirmed by a handful of of uh, rebellious, you know, Christians yeah. or something. Young and restless yeah. and reformed. Yeah, right. <laughs> Always been so, that way. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, I imagine you found the same, that a lot of times you're hearing very similar 
questions or or people saying things about these doctrines um, that that aren't true, and, and a lot of times there seems to be a good level of repetition, you know, where, where it's kind of the same statement being made. And so I have about four or five, and I'm sure you could add another four or five, and, and we might think of some more as we go along. <laughs> and, uh, Absolutely. I And yeah. I just to kind of preface this, and I know that you you and I have both been on the other side of these doctrines. Right. Uh, we yeah. once were – I I always tell people I was a militant I was militant in my opposition. I would try to sabotage people and try to corner them and try to make them, you know, if I, if I, if waterboarding wasn't so discouraged and looked down upon, I probably would have done it in college to the Cal, the quote unquote Calvinist there. Um, I, I'd always had a disdain for it. Um, and, you know, my final semester of seminary, there were certain things where I was just like, I, I was confronted with it. I wanted to get through all of it without having to to even consider it. Yeah. But because of some situations, I was, you know, forced to kind of consider it. And my first instinct was to go to those whom I knew they believed what I believed. And mm-hmm. I read them and I was like, convince yeah. me why I'm not you know, why I don't believe in the doctrines of grace, why I'm not a Calvinist. Mm. Convince me why I'm not, but convince me convincingly. <laughs> convince right. me yeah. with Scripture um, yeah. and and interact with them in a way that is consistent and so on and so forth. And um, so I went to that well and just was not satisfied with what mm. I saw. And I thought, you know, after reading those guys, if that's what I am, I'm not that. Yeah. I'm not what I thought I was. Um, right. And that kind of led me on on that path. And mm. yeah, so that and, and that was kind of an aside. But I'm just saying, like, as we interact with these things and those for the two people that listen to the podcast, they just need to know, you know, that we it was just it wasn't that we were raised this way. It wasn't, you know, it's not that we are somehow, you know, getting on this fad, this bandwagon of this young restless reforms but we've interacted with it from both sides mm-hmm. um i've been the antagonist and now i guess i'm the protagonist <laughs> yeah nice yeah i guess i i i remember at bible school uh i was a roommate with a guy well it was actually more like a fourplex thing so we were all kind of housemates i guess there was seven or eight mm-hmm. of us there but this one guy in particular uh it was his first year there but he just brought like books and books of uh theology and, and all kinds of stuff to study and I remember him talking about being a Calvinist and that's kind of my first, you know, impressions of, of someone who identified with these doctrines. I think he had all of Calvin's institutes there and, and so oh, I no. kinda of like this is just something that, you know, is just kind of too high and lofty for me. I don't really need to be concerned with it, you know, this I just need to love Jesus and not worry about those doctrines. They just confuse people and and so I wasn't really maybe as uh, antagonistic against it, but maybe indifferent, and then didn't really see mm-hmm. why it would matter. And, and then later, kind of like you as well, I think just wrestling with so many things that I saw in the Scripture and not understanding how they can possibly fit together or to make sense of it, and yeah. just feeling more and more a sense of frustration in my Christian walk. And uh, mm-hmm. 
and, and just knowing that, that there, there must be more to the gospel and, and to this God that I that I serve, you know, and then kind of through that coming to understand more and more of of His of the amazing grace. Right? We sing about amazing grace, and I remember yeah. as a kid, and yet not really getting what was so amazing about grace, and, and, and then later like wow this is crazy amazing that, that god would would set his kindness upon sinful man who only deserved his wrath right and and yet pay the price for them through his son so yeah and and and, um, and, and as you said and i'll just put this in you know, kind of interject this there mm-hmm. are loving godly men and women on both sides of this argument. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there are people that um, I love and respect and interact with um, with a respect on this that disagree. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's okay. That's actually mm-hmm. good for us to interact with these things. And so this is not, you know, a mm-hmm. time for us just to sort of Make a, a straw man and beat mm-hmm. up on the other side. In fact, no, what we're doing true. is we're just taking some some questions that we've heard and and even recently heard and just giving giving them a little bit of thought. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it was Luther who said that the Christian life is like a drunk man trying to get on a horse that he gets on and then falls off the other side, he gets back on and falls off the other side, you know, and I think, you know, it's true in many ways that we're we're all prone to error in one way or another, and, and oftentimes it's interacting with those who may disagree with some of our uh, theology that can actually help to steer us away from that ditch, possibly, right, and to bring correction that's sometimes needed, where we're maybe going a little too far, you know, a little too much emphasis on uh that that uh you know God is sovereign in salvation and and the the abuse of that would be a complacency in in evangelism potentially right and so you you are can see correction I think that's probably a misunderstanding ultimately but anyways we can get to that um that's okay, okay I mean anytime you want to interject some quip from Luther about drinking you go for it because I'm sure there are millions yeah, <laughs> I mean, he himself said that all he did was sit in a tavern and and drink beer while, while the Word of God did the Reformation. So, you know. <laughs> okay, now you just lost like half the people that started listening. I know. Yeah. Um, well, and so now we're down to one. <laughs> Mom, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I guess you know. You referenced the Reformation too. It's hard to know where to even start. You know, historically, a lot of times these doctrines are linked to some of the reformers, Luther, Calvin. But it was really at the the Synod of Dort, right, which would have come after Calvin was dead, where some of these, well, where you kind of get the five points somewhat maybe put in written form or... or um, where I'm looking for maybe verbalized more clearly because of the. Oh, I was just going to mention to some degree these doctrines were alive um, even before these main figures. Right. right? Like you can right. go back and even before the Luther, you know, you go all the way back. You had Augustine. That's kind of where yeah. a lot of what it what it became. These Reformation ideas sort of originated 
way back then. Um, and then you've got, you know, closer to time, you've got Jan Huss, um, where he took a stand for these things. You've got, uh, Savonarola, guys mm-hmm. that this was always, um, being talked about sort of under the surface, but because of the, the, uh, papal power and what they were doing to people, um, it was sort of squashed as soon mm-hmm. as these things came up. And so yeah. when these reformers really started in, and I think maybe the three main that people think of, now there were others even in, mm-hmm. during this time that don't get right. um, as much play. I just think of like Farrell. He, he didn't get as much. And that's not the guy with the funny Arby's hat that things happen. <laughs> um, but, uh, but mainly it would be looser and Calvin and Zwingli, but even their ideas, like even those men and the things that they formulated, uh, it would have been the people just a generation later as they really interacted with what this, you know, giant mm. of the Reformation kind of came to, to, to grips with. And mm. they were having to start to define things because it was a huge shakeup. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, without going into a great deal of church history, right. you can yeah. probably Open find it. another, yeah, uh, yeah, find another podcast to teach you about those. Things. Yeah, so, five minutes in church history, right? So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know that's good one, Stephen Nichols. So well, and that really is kind of the first, uh, I guess, question that that I've heard a lot of times, and I think people sort of maybe not really wanting an answer. It's more uh, used as a refutation of, of Calvinism, they'll say something like, isn't Calvinism just the ideas of a man? Mm-hmm. And uh, as though, you know, this guy, John Calvin, invented these doctrines and therefore they are invalid, right? That they, they can't possibly be Christian doctrines. Um, right. And I think you already addressed that uh, to some degree too, that you can go much further back into church history and see men already beginning to to formalize these doctrines in writing apart from the scriptures, right? And and uh that, that it wasn't as though I try to I try to remind the people here that it wasn't that the reformers uh it, it invented these doctrines but rather they affirmed them, you know. Mm, yeah. And maybe after a long time of them being neglected, right? Like um like you said, through the the, the, the kind of the rule of the Catholic Church and, and just the, the strength that they had over people um, they were able to extinguish the, the little flames that would rise up trying to proclaim the gospel, but by God's grace, yeah. the kind of lost grip <laughs> during the Reformation. Right. And so, like, um, man, it. I just think of it was a perfect little storm that started a lot of that, uh, especially in the time of Luther because of the Renaissance was going on. Mm-hmm. And in the big champion the big clarion call was ad fontes in that time which is this latin which means back to the sources or to the fount mm, so you yeah. you had these classics being revisited you had everything yeah. being questioned of why have we come this far and and where did we get all this and so they yeah. went all the way back and you had men who taught themselves hebrew and greek and then they began to translate scripture uh, and it was in that translation of scripture that these things came. And, you know, honestly, I think a lot of what we're dealing with is, is because of this. You've got, you, like you said, there's this intellectualism 
idea, uh, the cerebral side of it. And so many people have sort of downplayed theology and downplayed doctrine and downplayed intellectualism in, in mm-hmm. our beliefs. And, and that's never what God intended. You know, he gave right. us his word. He did mm-hmm. it in language and he did it in certain languages that we, we need to have a you know, we need to start to go towards, I, I think, of, of one mm-hmm. modern scholar, R.C. Sproul, who championed this idea that everyone is a theologian. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just the pastor and, and not just, you know, the guy who's, who's teaching, but everyone. And so um, as they began to go back to Scripture, which is the fount for, mm-hmm. for exactly. you know, for our belief, they yeah. began to uncover some of these things that had always been there, and, right. and they didn't intend for it to be what it was, right? It was supposed mm. to just be a reforming right. of, of what was already there, but because those that were opposed to what these guys were discovering from Scripture, um, it, it ended up being a schism. But you know, in, the, in the end, I recently read someone who said, who called predestination. And we're talking about, that's that's what a lot of this hinges on. A mm-hmm. lot of the, yeah. the schism, a lot of the questions, it hinges on these words, predestination, proorizo in the Greek, and eklektos in the Greek, election. And someone, I can't remember, said predestination. They said Calvin's doctrine of predestination. And I had to roll my eyes because, yeah. I, you know, and just, you know, yell at the, I think it was on <laughs> the computer screen. Like, it's not his doctrine. It's God's. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're not read just, Romans, Ephesians, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like these things are there. And, oh, and that's one of the things that I wrestled with. It's like yeah. I just had poor definitions of these biblical terms. And I'm going, okay, if yeah. I'm the pastor, people are going to ask me these questions. I can't just skip it. I can't just say something that sounds good and soothes the conscience. Mm-hmm. I, we need to just be real and go, this is what the Bible teaches, and this is what it means, you know, as far as the original language is concerned and and as far as the Bible is concerned. And so, you know, as far as Calvin and Luther and all these guys, mainly Calvin because we're kind of, you know, we're pigeonholed, kind of made, you know, mm-hmm. everybody says it's Calvin. You're just following a man, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> he he just took the time and put forth the effort to systematize a a systematize the doctrines concerning where the Bible spoke on salvation mm-hmm. and how that is realized in the in the scope of Scripture. And then also how we realize that as, as individuals. Um, so mm-hmm. people even now uh, look and they say systematic theology. Well, huh, you know, and they sort of snub their nose at something that's got systematic or systematized. And, and a lot of people are going, you know, I, I, biblical theology, which is another type of theology, but mm-hmm. they, they are related, right? They're closely right. related. And it's okay mm-hmm. because what people don't realize is, they systematize stuff all the time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when they're talking about doctrines and, and how they mm-hmm. relate to the rest of Scripture. And so I think I think this whole thing, the whole system gets a, a bad rep 
because mm-hmm. so many people, like you said, they go to that and it's like, look, I, and those who call themselves Calvinists, and you can agree with this, and, and I'll, I'll stop talking here and I'll let you, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> no. feel like I'm dominating it, but you know, not, good. I, not I, we, we do not follow John Calvin. He is not our right. Lord and Savior, and we do not believe that everything he commented about or systematized in scripture is true. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, I have my disagreements with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so to kind of be labeled that, just like, you know, in the other side, you got Calvinism, uh, Calvinists or, you know, those who yeah. <laughs> are called Calvinists will then turn and take a shot over the bow and go, well, Arminians. It's like, well, no, not everybody. You can't do that necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that brings unnecessary strife in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, like you said, too, where this whole anti-intellectualism that and kind of this knee-jerk reaction against something that's that's put into a system to help us understand it more clearly. I mean, it just it even goes against our culture that wants to, you know, think outside the box and and uh, not fit a mold and all this kind of stuff, you know, and then thinking for ourselves, which, you know, I think it was uh, Steve Lawson, he said that, uh, a new truth is an old heresy, you know, and so people that are claiming this new revelation that they're getting this new teaching and stuff, it's like, well, that's nothing new, you know. You're, you're just yeah. repeating something out of history, and, and people are just kind of, they're trying to pull away from something that, that uh, has any historical weight to it, but that's never been good for the church or for mm-hmm. or for the followers of Christ. We're to glean from history and uh, give God thanks for the men he's raised up to help us understand. And I think, like you said, to acknowledge their fault. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking um, people that want to, to make issue over the fact that John Calvin was a sinful man or that, that these doctrines were taught by men. Well, the scriptures have come to us through the agency of sinful man, right? Like the, the entire yeah. Bible, and, and not that I'm putting the works of, uh, you know, John Calvin on, on part of the Bible. I'm just saying that God has used the agency of man from the beginning to communicate truth. And be, that's true of the scriptures. The the authors of the scriptures, as you know, Peter tells us in his epistle in Second Peter 3, that, that men were carried along by the Holy Spirit. But these men were sinful men. They weren't perfect. Um, Christ himself never actually penned any of the scripture uh, as a man, but through the Spirit um, and the agency of sinful men, and and it's the same for church history. As you look at the great confessions of faith and the works of antiquity, um, be it you know Augustine or Calvin or Luther or you know uh, Charles Spurgeon or whoever it might be, well, these are all sinful men, but that doesn't negate the fact that they are speaking truth as revealed in the scripture. And, and so I guess, you know, it just really, the question doesn't need to be so much, well, did sinful men teach these things? It's, well, does the Bible affirm them, you know? And, mm, and yet, yeah. for some reason, people think that because, well, a sinful man said this, then, well, it's obviously not true. Well, then we could say that all of the scripture is not true based on that logic, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, to, yeah. So is Calvinism, you know, is Calvinism a, a man-made system? Well, there were no. I mean, you have to say mm. no. It's it's scriptural. It, yeah, it can be. Uh, it can be traced back 
to add fontes to the Bible, mm-hmm. um, at least mm-hmm. what we're talking about when we right. say Calvinism, we say yeah, doctrines the, of grace, right? The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Total depravity on through. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that gets a lot of pushback because those are things that you know, Scripture teaches and, and they're not popular. And right. you don't want to hear them and, yeah. and things like that. Um, but yeah. we still wrestle with them. Just as those who did, like you had mentioned, and at, through the canons of Dort and, and on and on. Um, mm-hmm. But that a lot of Western Christendom has been shaped by these very things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, you'll look at the old hymns that, you know, it's like people have asked me, well, where did you get these teachings? And it's like, the hymns, you know, <laughs> just read the hymns. I mean, Dude, we catechize it. ourselves yeah. through the singing. And I, and oh, I mentioned man. that this last week to our church. I'm yeah. like, whatever you do, you know, make sure your children know yeah. more hymns than they do Disney songs. Like, make oh, sure man. your kids know this because we catechize ourselves with these hymns. Yeah. That was, you know, these good things that we do, which is what God prescribed for us to do in Colossians 3, right? Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. said, you know, sing hymns, songs, spiritual songs to one another mm-hmm. um, in, in a way to, to do the same thing, share truth with one another. Yeah. No, music is huge. It scares me uh, the lack of substance to much of today's Christian, so-called Christian music, you know, there's just... Man, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, would, I would totally do that, too, because oh, it gets me fired up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so pressing on. Um, so, okay. yeah, that, that was uh, kind of the big ones I've heard, and I know you have to use Calvin's ideas of man. Um, secondly, and maybe this is kind of, you know, too far of a, of a jump, but... Um, doesn't the doctrine of election imply that we are robots? And this oh, one man. seems to be a common one, too, that somehow if you affirm God's electing grace, then we must be robots. So does the doctrine of election make us all robots? Um, <laughs> if you, in, in short, and I think you would agree with me, I mean, no, right? Yeah. No. Right. Uh, that, and in fact, in fact, that's Paul's point in the book of Romans. Mm. In particular, that's Paul's point in R- Romans 9. Mm. He, he actually uses a form of this question. Doesn't the doctrine of election make us all robots? Because the whole chapter is about election, right? Sovereign mm-hmm. election? Mm-hmm. And, and the doctrine of predestination? So in the end, we get an answer. But it's not sufficient for most people who call themselves, even call themselves Christian. Yeah. And that is where I was. And that's where a lot of folks are now is uh, we get our answer. We get our answer. It's just whether or not we want to accept it. Right. Yeah. Like the little kid mm-hmm. who's given the reason why he can't have an ice cream before, before supper. And he's like. But why? I just gave yeah. the answer. Why are you asking me again? And so, then what? You, you pitch a yeah. fit? <laughs> yeah. Throw <laughs> yourself into the floor? Yeah. I mean, fight against it? Um, yeah. I mean, that, 
and just, I mean, spoiler alert, I guess, uh, the answer is essentially, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Like, who do you think you are? Even with that question, mm-hmm. you are the clay, not the mm-hmm. potter. And and here's the thing, we want to give lip service where we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Oh man, does our flesh fight against that? Because, mm-hmm. but I would just say, man, we have to be okay with that. Because mm-hmm. the judge of the earth who will do what is right is the potter. Mm-hmm. And he can do whatever he wishes with whomever he wishes. And if we're honest, all of scripture attests to that fact. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. And so yeah. he is, it is completely. People say, well, where's the fairness of God and all that? But it's like, mm. you know, um, it's not fair. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not fair. What's not fair? Well, election is not fair. Like, he he owes no one anything. Exactly. And yeah. yet, through his grace, he saves people. Um, yeah, I was thinking about yeah. Silence song. I don't know what the title of the song is, but... He, uh, Oh, I think he's where he's defining words, and then he's grace, and he says grace is God's riches at Christ's expense, right? And and it's mm-hmm. like, no, grace is not fair. This is at Christ's expense uh, as a gift to us. But that, you know, of course, people say it's not fair. They're they're thinking somehow God's obligated to save all of us and you know offer us freely the the gift of salvation and insofar as his enabling work, right? And it's like, well. He's not obligated to to make the sun rise tomorrow morning, right? Or, or to so for my heart to beat one more beat, like that. There's nothing in me that that is deserving of that. Um, what I deserve is God's wrath for all eternity because I have broken His law. I am a sinner, um, born in sin, as as David said, conceived in sin. And you know, I think maybe the the problem is people don't. I think they don't understand uh, our fallen nature, uh, original sin, and, and yeah. yeah, it's like that that God, you know, owes us something, and um, and I think even the people that that make statements like, well, that would just make us all robots, and I don't think they understand what conversion even is, because right, you know, like it, conversion is not just a external action that I do, a prayer, you know, getting wet in, in, in a tank of water or, or signing a card or something, you know, that that's not conversion, uh, that there's actually this work of the Holy Spirit within me through the gospel where I am made a new creature in Christ and, and that work enables me to repent and believe, to seek Christ, that causes a desire for his word. And so it's not that I am being forced to do something I don't want to do, but God has given me a new want to, right, through mm-hmm. through the gospel, and so I'm not a robot. I'm just actually liberated. I, I, I've begun a will that that is now delivered from the bondage to sin and decay, and and right. a, a robot is, like, so far from from what is happening in God's purpose and election. That Yeah, and, and so much of that, like what you just said, um, man, even some of those things have to be peeled back. Yeah. Because you think about it, it's like, okay, we are made in the image of God, period. Mm-hmm. There are 
incommunicable attributes, they're communicable mm-hmm. attributes. One <laughs> incommunicable, which means one attribute that he possesses and he possesses alone that he mm-hmm. cannot share is freedom. Mm-hmm. Because we want to say that we're completely free. Right. We're free. But yeah. in a way, we, we are not. We are bound yeah. in, in this flesh. <laughs> And and specifically to our nature, which is mm-hmm. fallen in Adam. And so, mm-hmm. if anybody would say, "Do you do you believe in free will?" And, and to one sense, you know, you know that's a bait question, right? <laughs> from most, <laughs> but in one sense, you know, you just have to say yes. Yeah, right. I, I absolutely believe that we have real voluntary choices, and mm-hmm. our real voluntary choices will be. To do us, mm-hmm. you know that that Act old, according you know, to that, my nature. <laughs> yeah, that saying, "You do you." Well, that's what we do. Yeah, and I just, uh, man, yeah. So even with your, with with what you just said, I just think of of those things like going back to those because we have all these presuppositions. Yeah, and most most of our presuppositions uh, comes from this assertion that man is good. Yeah. And that I'm we can free. make, yeah, yeah, and that spiritually we can make the right choices. But see, this mm. is, and and this is where I could just go, you'll have to stop me because I can go <laughs> on and on because this is what convinced me of the doctrines of grace is really wrestling through the nature of man and the, mm. what, and the fallen nature of man. Mm. Um, how fallen are we? You know, how depraved are we? Well, what does scripture say? It says we're dead. And yeah. people might go, well, yeah, but that means separated. Yeah, that means, but it's like, but everywhere that, that, the where the rubber meets the road, um, in scripture, you, you mm-hmm. see it for what it is. Like you mm-hmm. see that, that that's what that means. It's unregenerate fallen person cannot produce what is necessary to be pleasing to God. What is necessary? Mm-hmm. And that's where people, right now, people would come unhinged hearing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you mean we can't have faith? Mm-hmm. Well, Scripture's clear. You know, First mm-hmm. Corinthians 2 explains that natural man can't discern the things of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just out there. Um, faith is a gift of the Spirit. Philippians 1.29, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, um, without faith and without faith, that gift, it is impossible to please God, Hebrews mm-hmm. uh, 6 would tell us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this this predisposition to, I don't know, folly yeah. uh, is, is, what, is what we have when we consider these, these doctrines. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's frustrating almost is when you, when you spell it out and try to talk through it, people will be like, well, of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm free in so far as my nature allows. I mean, even on a physical level, it's obvious, you know, I can't fly. I can't lift 10,000 pounds with one arm. You know, I'm limited to my physical nature. Um, you know, I can't go very long without sleeping and I get, you know, really messed up you know it's just we're limited and 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 then when you try to bring that over into the spiritual it's like people don't 
somehow make the connection, but it's it's the same. Like if we are dead in our trespasses and sins, then I'm free basically to sin how I would like to, you know, because mm. that sinful nature governs everything that I do. And so the only way that I can receive Christ, as John says in, you know, John one twelve, that that to all those who received him, they've shown that they were not, uh, that they that they've been born of God, that you know they're not of the right. of man, not of the flesh, but man, they've been yeah. born of God. You know, and it's like unless that rebirthing happens through the preaching of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, this is what Phil preached on uh, a few weekends ago. It was awesome. Like mm-hmm. just that, that that foolishness of the the foolish message of the cross that God brings light and life through that. Um, yeah. Unless that happens. We're just going to continue on sinning in all the many ways we are free to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're absolutely right, though. I think defining free will, you know, is so important that people realize, well, of course you're not ultimately free. That's something God alone uh, possesses, his ultimate freedom, mm-hmm. um, you know. And so, but at um, the same time, you know, as far as the spiritual part goes is you know um and i guess going back does this make man robot no because that man has has a spirit he he mm-hmm. has a will natural but the natural man will carry about in the freedom of his will mm-hmm. a freedom that is 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 in bondage and mm-hmm. you know that's one of the very things that luther had it out with erasmus about Mm. is um is this this bondage of the will and what it affects and man will continue in his freedom but that freedom is bound to sin and the mind mm. that's set on the flesh is set on death that's romans 8 mm-hmm. i think that's romans 8 or romans 5 you know it's set on the flesh it's set on death um all because Going back a couple chapters to Romans 5, it tells us we're born captives. We're, we have been given our nature by our fallen father, Adam, and until we profess Christ, mm-hmm. um, we, we remain in that. We, yeah. uh, we're not changed until Christ changes us. Uh, yeah. Man, and thinking about it again, and, and I'll slow down here and, and you can throw in anything, but uh, I think like, like, these questions are answered in the book of Romans. It's, mm. They're answered in the book of Ephesians. They're yeah. answered in Scripture, but yeah. especially in those places. And, and I just think mm-hmm. we don't allow the truth to stand um, where it should. Uh, but, yeah. but, yeah, in the end, people have a free will. It needs to be understood biblically, though, that free will is not free to do whatever we choose. Right. Um, it's... Well, actually, it is. It's free to do whatever we choose, but because we're enslaved to sin, we're going to choose to yeah. do that, right? According to our be, nature. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's either flesh or the spirit, but we see this too, just like faith we had talked about, but the spirit is also a gift from God. Hmm. And what you yeah. just mentioned in John 1, you go, what, you go two chapters later to John 3, and that's what turned Nicodemus into knots. Mm. Is Jesus telling him this? The Spirit is also a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so by grace, by the grace of God, uh, Nicodemus and 
in that that interaction, these doctrines actually come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I, I think it was mm-hmm. Packer who said, and this goes back to to the acrostic tulip, which I know mm-hmm. you've been teaching through, um, and probably have a lot to to throw in here. But I just think of oh, I, irresistible grace. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it, you know, and so people, so many people want to be like, well, grace isn't irresistible, right? And, <laughs> and it's like, no, that's that's exactly like I I understand that. I'm not saying that grace is not irresistible, and that's not what that is teaching, right? Um, it, but but what it's doing is it's peeling, and I, I'm using that analogy a lot, but it's actually like going back. It's mm-hmm. peeling back. Okay, here's grace, grace that has not been resisted. Why is that the case? That's the mystery. Like, how has grace not been resisted? Well, there's a grace that's irresistible, and I think it's right. Packer that said grace proves irresistible uh, because it destroys it destroys any possibility of resistance. Hmm. Like, grace just proves irresistible. Um, because it destroys the disposition to resist. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. always being resisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and and there's that, you know, that funny little, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He'll never force himself on anyone. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, you know. And we're all doomed. <laughs> yeah, then that's exactly right. right? He is like, <laughs> no, he, he is a warrior spirit like he he kicks in the doors and he blows up the house and he's he's coming in and he's coming in to clean things up and to stay um and that's the perseverance of the saints part so we can we can and 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 i'll just quickly end here when these foundations start to be shaken up um in our doctrine um they can come from all sides. Like even mm-hmm. though I came into this this systematized, you know, and I came to my belief in the doctrines of grace, it came through what the scripture had to teach about man's nature and mm-hmm. our need for uh for the, these things, you know, God doing this, all of grace, as Spurgeon would say. Um, there are others that come in from the opposite direction where they go, Okay, if one saved, always saved is true how do I get a consistency in that mm-hmm. with what I've always believed? Right. And so they push in on that side of the house and then the dominoes fall or, or the cards mm-hmm. fall, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's all yeah. interconnected, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. and, which is why I think, you know, I love the uh, doctrines of grace as, as a descriptive title, you know, for these doctrines because I think people like to use Calvinism when they're uh, when they're opposing it because it's, seems more cultish, you know, I suppose, to use a man's name. But mm-hmm. really, it's nothing to do with Calvin. It's, it's all about trying to understand from the scriptures what happens in salvation and how is it that God's grace has come to us and and how does that take root in our lives and, and manifest itself in us, you know. And it's like it, it's all about the gospel. It's, it's, it's beautiful and, and it's mm-hmm. so sad that it's often the, the source of controversy and tension um but even that in itself you know is somewhat comforting because we know the truth does divide the truth is divisive and so the fact that these doctrines for centuries um have been so controversial um 
in many ways shouldn't surprise us because that was, you know, we were just talking about the book of Acts and, and you look at how the gospel goes through, uh, you know, the, the ancient world there and, and just wreaking havoc wherever it is preached. And yet in the midst of that, God working and drawing men yeah. to himself. So, and attesting yeah. to his sovereignty and salvation, even yeah, when he exactly. says things like, and this is the one I, I spoke with somebody recently that said, you know, this is where the my belief system started to fall is in Acts chapter 13, when mm-hmm. it says, and all, all those who were appointed unto eternal life believed. Mm-hmm. That's all yeah. it took. <laughs> taking scripture seriously, yeah, you know, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that, that'll wreck you. That'll wreck mm-hmm. you when you start to think think through those things. And now, and again, these are these are pre, these are shots over the bow. You know, there are proof texts on both sides mm-hmm. um, because these verses aren't in and of them. They don't just stand alone in and of right. themselves. And so, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that these sort of things are the trump card, but I think consistently when you look through Scripture. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, the, this systematized, uh, version of, of God's sovereignty and salvation, I think is, mm. is clearly, uh, yeah. the thread that runs through scripture pointing mm-hmm. to solely Deo Gloria, <laughs> Christ yeah. alone, God mm-hmm. alone be the glory for, for our salvation. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we didn't get as far as I initially hoped, but that's fine because we can pick up and, and carry on the conversation because I had another another four uh, four statements or questions. So <laughs> we'll just chip away because it's so good, and I think it's helpful even just even talking to you about it because as we verbalize it and, and uh, talk through it further, it's just helps us to remember, you know, the, the glory of our salvation. And um, and like you say, too, even just remembering for myself, initially wrestling through some of these things and kind of forgetting some of those questions and struggles that you face and, and, and how uh, looking at the broader picture of how does our will fit into this, how does God's spirit work in this, you know, and, and, and then making sense to so many other parts uh, of, of the, the questions that I had, I guess. So thank you, man. I mm-hmm. appreciate no, it. No, hey, thanks for your time. Thank you for tuning in to the Coram Deo podcast. If you do have any questions or even a suggestion for a potential podcast episode, please visit us online at quorumdeogp.com. And we pray that through this podcast, you also may live from there.